Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, not a lot of news today. There were a few transactions on Tuesday. There was a a workout that we can talk about. The Broncos are working out of veteran safety. But the first thing I want to get your take on here, my friend, is the updated injury situation. It looks like the Broncos are going to have at least one of their injured starting offensive tackles back for the Chiefs. Yeah, fortunately, um, if I could stay on screen for more than five seconds, that would be nice. But it's looking like Garrett Bowles is coming back off the CV list, as we talked about on Monday's episode. That's a big boost for the Broncos line, if only because they lost Calvin Anderson to what looks like a multi-week injury. Hopefully he can provide some stability along the front five. They played really well in dominating the trenches against the Chargers, even without Bowles, without Bobby Massey, who's kind of questionable to play. He can come back as well, Chad. So I think Bowles obviously is the boost along the edge they need, and they're going to need it with Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones roaming on that defense. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Bobby Massey, for what it's worth, he still has a chance. (laughs) he still has a chance to uh, play this week. So he was listed as a limited participant, Bobby Massey. So I'll take that as a silver lining development, Zach. The Broncos haven't had their starting tackle duo since week eight. I almost forgot that Garrett Bowles, last game he appeared in was week eight. That was the Washington football team game. And then you had Calvin Anderson start in his place in the Dallas game alongside Bobby Massey. And that's when Bobby Massey went down. And so they've been kind of, you know, trying to make hay since then. Yeah, and I don't know what it says about Garrett Bowles, and I might hop out in a second, Chad, just to refresh my browser here. I don't know what it says about Garrett Bowles, though, that if you've barely noticed his absence now in five weeks. So if Calvin's doing a good job on the on the left tackle spot, uh, it's good that they have someone that can step in Bowles' place because Bowles hasn't been the superhero blindside protector of the great left tackle like we saw last year, Chad. He's been a little susceptible this year to penalties, to sacks, to pressure, so it's nice that someone stepped up in his stead Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can 
find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Let's see if, uh, as, as we're waiting on Zach, let's grab a super chat or two. We've got the aviator in the house. What's going on, Shane? Good to see you, my friend. He says, evening, Chad and Zach. I have a good feeling for the Chiefs game. What do you think we would need to defensively uh, need defensively to win? Man, there's 31 other teams in the NFL asking that very question anytime the Chiefs are drawn on the schedule. And I'll tell you that the best thing that you can do is get home with four rushers and play coverage. If you can do that, it's your best bet. Yeah, and we got Zach back in the house. What's up, bro? Let's see if it works. Fingers are crossed. They're asking what's the best way defensively to uh, to beat the Chiefs. Um, and I'm saying, look, rush four, Shane is asking. Rush four, play coverage. If you can get home with four, then it's a recipe to succeed. You know, try and keep two safeties deep when you can. But if you have to start bringing more than four guys to get to Mahomes, you're going to get picked apart. I think in this case, Chad, and with with quarterbacks of Mahomes' caliber, the best defense is a good offense. You're, if you're keeping Mahomes off the field, he can't hurt you on the field. So if you establish the running game, if you bleed the clog, if you if you compile first downs, and like the Broncos talked about today, Teddy Bridgewater talked about, you're not going to beat Kansas City with three. You got to convert red zone trips into touchdowns, not field goals. So if they can do those things and keep Mahomes on the sideline, he can't hurt you there. That is how the Broncos are going to win this game. Getting a lead on Kansas City, let's say they get the ball first, they march down the field 80 yards, let's say, they take six, seven, eight minutes off the clock, they go up 7 nothing. That's a great position for your defense to be in. Well-rested, pinning their ears back with a lead to work with. That is how the Broncos spring the upset. That's right. And, hey, you know, that's something even Teddy echoed today. Hey, how do you beat? How do you contend with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who he described as awesome? By the way, thank you, Dylan, for helping us remind everybody. If you respect the effort, maybe you don't agree with every word that comes out of my mouth or Zach's mouth or Scott or Nick or whoever. If you at least respect the effort, give this video a like, share it out there. It helps us out a lot. But Teddy Bridgewater called Patrick Mahomes awesome, which he is awesome. It's unfortunate that he's in the Broncos. <laughs> we got some, we got some, uh, Schizophrenic camera stuff happening right now, but um, yeah, we'll we'll get her figured out. But he said, "Look, you got to get sevens. You got to get sevens when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, and you can't settle for three. It's as simple as that." When the Broncos have been able to limit Mahomes, that means keeping him on the sideline because your offense is being productive and score some points along the way. That's when they've come the closest to beating the Chiefs. You think back to. The first game against the Chiefs during the Keenum season, right, 2018, that game was the high 20s is where that the the, the final score came. Broncos had the Chiefs dead to rights. They were going to win that game. Zach, if Case Keenum does not <sighs> sail a pass over Demarius Thomas's head wide open down the right sideline, that's a touchdown. That's the Broncos win that game. Unfortunately, he did, and the rest is history. So, you know, that's it comes down to keeping Mahomes on the sideline if you can, but unfortunately – Scoring points, baby. I don't. I don't think I sacrificed the appropriate animal to the football gods this week, Chad. I might have to hop out and switch to a different camera so this doesn't happen because it's impacting. Yeah, it's all good. Well, if you want to, if you want to do that real quick, I'll, we'll we'll see what's on everybody's mind. I mean, 
we I might do the drawing. We're good right now. Let's just All right. keep your fingers crossed, boys and girls. Uh, Doug jumping in with a super chat. Good to see you, brother. He says, cautiously optimistic, but I can't wait for Sunday. I, like most of Broncos country, want this losing streak to end. Just need to play fundamentally sound football. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag run the damn ball, Pat. That's part of the formula, right? The more you can establish the run, control clock, and drive, hopefully that ends in points, the more you keep Patrick Mahomes cold on the sideline. I, you know, every time you think it's going to be an obvious game where Javante and Melvin Gordon get 15, 20 carries apiece, it's always a game where Teddy Bridgewater throws the ball 50 times and you're left to wonder. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe just try and do like a reboot or something. Reboot, right. reboot the the lappy, or if you got another option, even even the phone for what it's worth, we've streamed from our phones before. Um, fundamental football, fundamentally sound football. Yeah, another thing, if you want to beat the Chiefs, I mean, Fangio talked about this today uh, in the first matchup last year. He talked about how the game got out of hand because they allowed a touchdown on uh, the Chiefs to score a touchdown on defense, to score a touchdown on special teams. That's what it. What I'm sure you're talking about here, Doug, in terms of being fundamentally sound. You've got to make sure you're handling your your P's and Q's. You can't be allowing kick returns for a touchdown. You can't be, you know, allowing a pick six or a fumble to be scooped up and return for a touchdown. These are the things that, unfortunately, when disaster has struck the Denver Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in recent years, you know, I should say when disaster has really struck the Broncos, it's been against the Kansas City Chiefs. Why that might be, hard to say. I think they might psych themselves up too much. And, you know, as I think about this, one of the reasons for that might be that they've thought too much and focused too much on the 11 game losing streak. Maybe that Zach, that 11 game losing streak looming large in their minds might be a big reason why the Broncos emotionally never quite get up for the chiefs. And it's always when the worst things tend to happen, which is interesting because Zach today, both Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater claimed, I don't know how true this is. All right. That, the 11-game losing streak is not even a talking point in the building right now. They're not even focusing on it. They're not talking about it because that was yesterday. That's in the past. They're focused on today and what happens this week. Well, I apologize in advance for the camera angle here, Chad. I'm having to use my my MacBook's camera. I look like, you know, I'm looking down after. Hey, we make lemonade, murder, baby. But <laughs> I appreciate uh, you guys sticking with me here. But it's true. You know, you can't really go back to one game or what happened last year, the Matt Moore game, the DT miss pass game. Every game is new. Every season is new. Every Chiefs team and Broncos team is new. And like I said, Chad, if they can come that close with the with the rosters they've had in recent years, they can definitely come close, if not spring the upset with the roster they have this year on both sides of the ball. Quarterback aside, if they just play like they played last week with that intention, uh, that passion, the game planning that went into it, the coaching and the execution, they can keep this toe-to-toe with Kansas City in both games. It can be done. I mean, this team with Vance Joseph and Case Keenum almost had them dead to rights. And as you said, the second game last year, you know, close. It was closer. Uh, Michaela with an extremely generous super chat. Love you. Appreciate you. Michaela. Hopefully you saw my DM yesterday. I checked on your jersey. It's supposed to arrive the first week of December. So, Anytime I get a notification on that, I'm just screenshotting it, forwarding it onto you so you can stay apprised. I know for a fact you will have it well in time for Christmas. So uh, she says here, and thank you again, the Duchess from the top rope. She says, I pray for a Bronco win. Hard place to play at. Yes, indeed. Arrowhead is definitely now a much more hostile environment um, to away team Zach than 
mile high is, but a big reason for that is the quality of the product on the field. Exactly. And I haven't looked recently, but I believe the last weather forecast indicated it's not going to be a snow game, a rainy game. There's no inclement weather scheduled as of the last time I looked. So at least that won't come into play. Playing at Kansas City, it's always going to be an electric environment. That's a credit to the Kansas City fan base. But the Broncos can and should overcome it. They also come from a stadium where the fans are rabid and there is a real home field advantage. So they know what it's like to play in that type of situation. I don't think that's going to be the biggest factor in this game. Of course, it's going to be a talking point, a storyline, but how they go out there, how they come out. We'll know in the first series or two what this Broncos game is going to look like. Because I knew it. I'm sure you had a feeling, Chad, in your stomach as well. When they came out and you see Kenny Young and Baron Browning bouncing sideline to sideline, making plays, shutting down Herbert, Eckler, you know you're in for a good game. They ha- they just has that feeling to it. So yep. we'll know early on the type of Broncos performance we're going to see. The Dallas game, you know, the Chargers game, or the Browns game, Raiders game. There's one or the other, really much. It's all about the the I word, baby. It's all about intensity. It's all about want to. Andrew Baker, thank you for the stars, my brother. You know we love you. We appreciate you. He says just supporting the show, MHH crew, and the community makes my day. Love y'all. MHH Thank for you. life. We love you too. You know this, my dog. Steve Lazuski. Thank you. Love you too. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, George Fox jumping in with some stars and a comment, or at least Thank a supporter. You. He says, we need Teddy to not forget our wide receivers and take some deep shots, Zach, if we're going to have a chance to win. And for what it's worth, the Broncos all time at Arrowhead are 19 and 41. 1941. That's not, you know, history does not bode well for the Broncos, but good thing, you know, it's not played in the history book, the game. It's played on the football field on Sunday, and it's a new test, it's a new chapter for the Broncos to go out there and show what they can do. But yeah, you got to keep the Chiefs defense honest because you know, Steve Spagnolo, Andy Reid, they're going to game plan to shut down Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. They're going to try to make Teddy Bridgewater beat them. And, you know, they can, they have the weaponry to do so if they get them involved. I want to see deep shots to Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, throw it down the field. What's so in vogue nowadays, Chad, it fits Teddy Bridgewater perfectly, is throwing a deep ball like a little underthrown because usually it draws a a DPI. And it's mm-hmm. a spot of the foul penalty. So let Teddy Bridgewater chuck up a few of those. Chances are you're going to get the DPI or someone like Sutton or Tim Patrick, who you just paid a lot of money to, by the way. They're going to come down with the catch. you got to keep the Chiefs off the line of scrimmage. And the one way you do that, other than running the ball successfully, is taking deep shots down the field. You know, one of the reasons it might surprise fans before we grab Johnny, keep that up. I just want to I just want to tell you guys this. It might surprise you that the Broncos own a .446 record all time against the Chiefs. So they're sub 500, 54 and 67 all time against the Chiefs. One of the big reasons for that, if you subtract that 11 game losing streak, right? You start getting closer to 500. But the big reason for it is when this team was young, the Denver Broncos, and they had to draw the Chiefs. I mean, you think back to the Chiefs in the 60s, uh, that first Super Bowl they won. That's when they were good, when the Broncos were bad back then. Then you had a good stretch in between where they were mostly competitive, and then you've had a stretch here lately where they've been the dominant team. So that's why the Broncos own a sub-500 record. Johnny, uh, appreciate you, buddy. He says, so on the topic of this past year's draft, George Payton took Pat Sertan and Javante Williams with his first two picks. If Elway were still the GM, what players do you think he would have taken with his first two? Sorry to be off topic. You know, that's a really good question. It's hard to say. Um, I don't think he would have taken a, a running back. I mean, who knows? 
I think the scouts, Zach, made a pretty big uh, push for Javante in the second round. He might have listened to him on that. First round, I could have seen him taking Patrick Sertan, but he probably would have. No, he wouldn't have taken a quarterback, Zach, because he mm. likes Drew. He likes Drew. I don't think he would have taken a quarterback. So it's hard to say. That's a good question on the spot. He likes Drew, Chad, but he's also gotten so much criticism over the years and most recently choosing Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen, picking the wrong quarterback. I think if he passed on Fields or Mac Jones at number nine, he would have gotten uh, more criticism at that, you know, for that pick. So I think, you know, impulsively, knowing John Elway, I think he would have taken Fields in that scenario. You still have Locke under contract, under team control. Worst comes to worst, Locke can be a bridge starter or a nice backup to have a young developmental backup, and you have Justin Fields or Mac Jones, a young hotshot prospect as well. So I I could see it going either way. Maybe a defender like a Parsons or like a Patrick Sertan, but knowing how Elway worked, and he was kind of the opposite of Peyton, who's very methodical and uh, well thought out. Elway was more emotional and, and impulsive, I could have definitely seen Justin Fields in that scenario for sure. In some, uh, remember the, the, what was that TV show called fringe where you've got like two different worlds and one in a, two earths in a different dimension. And there's same people on each, each planet in the two different dimensions. And one play, one guy might be a pharmacist in this life and he's an FBI agent in the next, who knows what that version of John Elway would have done in the 2021 draft. Jeff Hines. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you. You demand. Uh, we do love it that you're with us here tonight. And I'm just scrolling here, looking at some of these comments. Um, Casey Nickel, wow, thank you, bro. That is a huge, huge, huge super chat, and we appreciate it. And by the way, guys, November begins uh, or is over. December begins a new. We got a new uh, contest, new giveaway, all right? So the same thing stands on YouTube, and it looks like Michaela and Casey Nickel are getting out in front, Zach, for the jersey of their choice in the month of December. But Casey says, a shot at first in the AFC West this Sunday. Who would have thought the Broncos would be uh, would this part of the season be in position? This is the game to measure where Denver truly is at. By the way, resign a uh, resign. Anytime I see it, yeah. you know, in the, in the, in media, you learn that you don't type yep. out. Re- uh, if you're going to say resign, you you type it with a, a little dash. Get there. that dash in there. Get that dash. Um, Kenny Young, curious to see the ripple effect from the Von Miller trade. Yeah, there was a nice article today, Zach, from uh, Kenneth Booker at milehighhuddle.com talking about, hey, maybe the Denver Broncos have found their off-ball linebacker duo of the future in Baron Browning and Kenny Young. Yeah, I'm I'm on completely that same uh, mindset as well. I actually had a tweet earlier today. Today would be a great day to extend Kenny Young because he's only going to get more expensive as far as I'm concerned. If he plays at the same level uh, in which he's, he's been playing the last couple of weeks, he's only going to get more expensive. Unrestricted free agent after the season, I would lock him down right now. They did the same thing with Sutton Patrick. Now devote a little more to the defensive side of the ball. Kenny Young is the linebacker of the future. I definitely agree with that. Casey, thank you so much, by the way, for your generosity. You are amazing. And I was laughing, Chad, uh, because Jay here was very astute. I'm gone for a couple days. Chad shrinks. Zach gets taller. Made me laugh. Thank you, Jay. Well, here, I'm actually visiting family this week. Um so I'm staying in a hotel right now, which is why my background and lighting look a little bit different. Uh, but hey, rain, sleet, snow, yeah. travel, nothing prevents mic uh, camera problems. Nothing prevents <laughs> us from showing up when it's our time set. Casual Wednesday. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. Let me see here really quick. 
I want to just shout out Big Earn. Good to see you. How are you, my friend? Uh, also, want to shout out Albert Knoppers and his great wife, Michelle. Good to see you in the chat, my friend. Mark Lindemood, appreciate you being with us, big dog. Um, Zach, how much do you buy, though, the notion that the Broncos aren't even talking about this unfortunate distinction of being 11 straight losses, of course, to the Kansas City Chiefs, which Fangio said, and then when Teddy Bridgewater answered it the same way, I, I actually kind of thought there's there might be some truth to it because maybe that's what one of the things emotionally they're trying to do different this time is maybe Vic Fangio and the staff have harped hard on the fact that, hey, we keep losing, we're on a losing streak, we got to turn it around. Maybe they're trying something different this time by not mentioning it, just focusing on the task at hand instead of the water under the bridge. And well, first of all, Teddy Bridgewater, in that sense, he's a puppet, Chad. He's a loyal soldier to Vic Fangio. He's going to repeat the marching orders that Fangio said. So if Fangio is saying, listen, uh, the history is the history and the past is the past and we have to look forward, Teddy's going to repeat the same thing. But I tend to agree with this approach as well. You know, when you talk about something and you ruminate and you and you devote so much emotional and mental energy to it, you keep it alive in the universe, Chad. And, you know, I, I know I sound like I'm quoting the secret, secret right now, the book, but thoughts are things, and it's true. I mean, if you want to move past something, you've got to stop devoting energy to it. So if the Broncos don't want to lose any more games to Kansas City, you got to stop, stop talking about losing games to Kansas City. So I like this approach. It's a new season, like I said, new chapter, new team. Go out there and rewrite the new history, rewrite the new chapter in the Broncos-Kansas City rivalry. Guys, we do have a new goal, all right, on Facebook. We'll, we'll talk more about it here in just a minute when we get the uh, – uh, the names have already been drawn to win a little extra swag, a little MHH care package from our Facebook community, those who continue to support from November 18th till the end of the month. And then, of course, Zach, we got to do the drawing for the Super Chat uh, Superstars, the top five finishers at the end of last month. We're going to do that here in just a few minutes. Uh, another thing here, Zach, let's talk about the fact that the Broncos made a couple of signings on uh, – on Tuesday, they they signed a couple of uh, no-namers, kind of, uh, running back, an offensive guard. I can pull it up, but your take right when we were about to go live, what you said in the green room about, what the heck is this team doing signing another running back? Explain that to people. I mean, I, you, Kareth White, is that his name? Yeah, I mean, very distinctive name. Apparently, they like him for his special teams prowess, what he can do on kick returns, but isn't that why you signed Mike Boone? Isn't that the reason why you got rid of Philip Lindsay and got Mike Boone in the building for his multidimensional ability on offense and specials? So, I don't know what they need another running back for. They're not giving enough touches to the running backs they have right now in Melvin and Javante, but I can't beat up the Broncos too much for a practice squad addition. They also signed an offensive tackle, which I thought was smart considering the injuries they have there. And they also worked out veteran safety Adrian Colbert, and he has some starting experience going back to 2017. So it's just Peyton. I like what you said, Chad. Transaction Tuesday at Dove Valley. That's what George Payton has been known to do. He's always churning the back end of the roster, and that's just another earmark of a good general manager. He's really, I mean, it's common around the NFL, of course, Tuesday, because it's the, by this point, the waiver wire has kind of resolved any claims that were made. Now we know who it is. And those who pass through waivers can then be made, you know, offered and signed. But let me just tell you guys really quick, but, but, but Peyton's been particularly active on Tuesdays. Let's quick update on who the Broncos signed. Uh, Adrian Ely, six foot six, 320 pound rookie tackle out of Oklahoma. 
He was a former, um, even though he went undrafted, Zach, he was a former two-time second team All-Big 12 uh, selection. And then you've got White, the running back, 5'10", 204 pounds out of Florida Atlantic. You know, he's been in the league a couple of years. And to his name, he's got about 24 carries and 122 yards in the league. He's averaging over five yards per clip. Small sample size, but that's intriguing. But this is the only thing I can imagine, Zach, why the Denver Broncos might have signed him. He's got some kick return chops and some third phase chops that if they need to as a game day elevation, if they're kind of weak at something on specials, depending on how the injury report's looking, they can call him up. I I think the next sentence, if you highlight that, it occurred to me why the Broncos brought him aboard. 2019, you know, I mean, there's some familiarity. You know, Vic Fangio might know someone in the Chicago Bears scouting department organization that got the, you know, the green light on him, the scouting report on him. But yeah, it could be special teams, could be, I don't know what. I'm just curious as to why they signed Mike Boone, got rid of Phil Lindsay. If you want that third dynamic running back, he hasn't gotten more than a handful of touches, if that, this season, Mike Boone. So, uh, curious signing as far as I'm concerned. Offensive tackle, not so much, again, considering the issues there. And, again, they worked out of safety, and no surprise because, well, somewhat, they have Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson, P.J. Locke. But, again, practice squad visits, you can't criticize too much. I want to talk more about the safety that they are working out. But first, we got to grab the Duchess jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. She says, hashtag get Lindsay back, LOL. Philip Lindsay, he seems to have landed on his feet, but time will tell. Awful destination for Philip Lindsay landing in Miami. I mean, theoretically, there's upside to that starting job, but they have a committee approach with like four running backs right now. They have Miles Gaskin looking really good. They have Ahmed looking pretty good there in Miami as well. He needs a clear-cut shot, but I don't know that he's ever going to get it at this point unless he goes to a team that's just ravaged. I thought Baltimore would be a good spot for him, but he is what he is. I'm not talking about his departure so much as the addition of Mike Boone. You signed a third running back, use the third running back if you want to go that route, but preferably use your second-round rookie who's looking like a future superstar. Scott makes a good point here on the on the whole topic of, well, maybe he was signed for his returner chops. Averaging 18.9 yards per return in the league, not so good, right? That's nothing that you really write home about in terms of, ooh, we got to get this guy. But he does have the chops. You know, he does have the experience. And that's the only thing I can fathom here because the Broncos have a phenomenal two-headed top of the depth chart. And then it's completely unused Mike Boone ready to go. This has to be a third phase type of move. And you know what? They've done this. It's a a good point. They've done this the entire offseason and season by placating Tom McMahon churning out talent to that side of the ball to cover up for his incompetencies, Chad. It seems like they might do that to bolster the coverage unit, the return units, because they're so bad under Tom McMahon. All right. Uh, We're going to grab Jeremy's comment here, and then we're going to reveal the winners. So as you guys know, we already announced and and raffled the winner of the Facebook jersey. All right. But we still got to do Super Chat, YouTube. All right. And then a few other care packages. Plus, Apple Podcasts. There has been a randomly selected winner for that as well. Now, because I'm on the road, I don't have all the cut up. I did it right before I left. I didn't film it, but you just have to trust that randomly selected. Jeremy, appreciate you, buddy. He says, what's up, fellas? I love how this team is shaping up. I was saying extend Tim Patrick back when it garnered a chuckle from y'all. For what it's worth, I'll agree that I was like, yeah, mm, Zach's always been on that train about Tim Patrick. 
I mean, I think he's the most underrated receiver in the NFL, and quite honestly, he's been that way for about two years now. I mean, I have never witnessed maybe one time, and it came this season, him dropping a pass. His catch radius, his hands are a thing of beauty, and it's so rare in today's NFL to be that sure-handed and that consistent. I love Tim Patrick, and I'm of all the players to get their deals, there's players around the NFL that you are happy they get paid. Tim Patrick is one of those guys, considering what he's been through. Shelby Harris was another but Patrick's backstory, what he's contributed to the Broncos, I was so happy he got that bag. Well-deserved. All right, guys, we're going to start with Apple Podcasts, all right? For reviews, five-star reviews made in the month of November, randomly selected is J.C. Bio, J.C. B-Y-O, J.C. Boy, I don't know. But five-star review was left November 26th. His actual review said, quote, Nick and Scott sent me. And all I got was this. Keep up the quality conversations that y'all have on every pod. Thankful to have this awesome community. So JCBYO, reach out to us. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. You've got a T-shirt coming your way. And it sounds like it's going to be a Broncos for breakfast T-shirt. We're happy to send that out to you. All right. Uh, as for Super Chat, the winner, winner. Actually, let me, let me just get a card going for this uh, because it is deserving of such. This is the winner of the November jersey, top five finisher, right here, across the pond, DWI guys, won talk, a jersey. Talk about well-deserved. I don't know how that's going to work exactly. We're going to have to figure out the logistics of getting a jersey shipped to somebody. I don't think we've ever done that. We've shipped stuff across the, the world, Zach, from our merch store, but yeah, we don't to, actually do that. To South Korea. Shout out South, to Kenny. She, right, yeah. Somewhere in Korea, someone got a beautiful Huddle Up podcast <laughs> mug, and they have no idea where it came from. Um, but the DWI guys, hey, congrats. You were huge, especially for the morning show in the month of November. You even showed us some love. What was it, Zach? Uh, Monday night? Yeah, big right time. Right in the nick of time. That probably boosted your odds. It gave you even more tickets in the hat to, to win. But I know that's not why you support what we do here at MHH. You do it out of the kindness of your heart and to keep help us keep the lights on here and what we do with these nightly streams and morning shows. So DWI guys, appreciate you. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We're going to need your shipping address, your jersey size, and then let us know what jersey you want because it was a jersey of your choice. So shout out to him, Zach. Congrats, guys. Yeah, very well deserved. We appreciate your contributions and we look forward to interacting with you, you know, in the pods ahead. Thanks again. A few names. All right. That um, continue to support from November 18th on because, guys, we crushed the goal. We just reset the goal this morning. 250,000 stars in the month of December. We're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of your choice. All right. Of your choosing. But as we said, those who continue to support help us uh, from November 18th till the end of the month. We're going to do a little raffle for those people at the end. Little MHH care package. Might be a hat, might be a sticker, might be a poster, might be a t-shirt, might be a couple of different things. Winners of that, Shane Daniels, Andrew Baker, and uh, Peter Middleton. All right, so if you are Peter Middleton, Andrew Baker, or Shane Daniels, send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail, so we can get your details. You might, if we have corresponded before on stuff like this, or you bought something in the merch store, and you win a raffle, don't assume we have that information Help us make it easy on us. Send us an email with your name, your, your or not your name, your, your we know your name, but with your shipping address, T-shirt size, all that stuff. 
Congrats again, guys. All of you, very well deserved. You all, you know, you all are winners in our hearts, honestly. And that's not BS. That's the truth. But uh, to you guys, thank you again. And uh, we look forward to getting those things out to you. Also, we got a shout out to Dominic. Appreciate you on Facebook. Also, Lando, don't call me Calrissian. You demand. Mike Reno jumping in. Talk about Facebook stars. Says, nothing has been definite this year. So our Broncos have a great chance to win this game and impress all of Broncos country. Yeah, Zach, if there's been, you know, we've said it at multiple points this season, you know, hey, this next matchup, man, it's going to be a litmus test to really see what metal this team is made of. This team, or this game in particular, Zach, this is the benchmark. This is the litmus test. Yeah. And even if they lose to Kansas City, doesn't it's not going to eliminate their playoff odds. They're, they can still continue. They'll drop back below, or no, they dropped to, what are they, six and five? So they get 500 again. And so they'll, they'll still be in position to continue to stretch, but they'll have to face the Chiefs again. This is the one. First place on the line. Who would have thought, Zach, yeah. after the Broncos went on a four-game skid, that you get to week 13, drawn the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only is your game getting flexed to Sunday night, but the winner emerges as the leader in the AFC West. Again, if that doesn't get that locker room emotionally ready for this game, nothing will. So that's gonna, that's why this really is the litmus test to end a litmus test for the regular season. Yeah, you took my point there, and it's the same point that Vic Fangio made. He's talked about there's no reason why they shouldn't be emotionally ready for this game considering who they're playing, what's at stake, primetime game, Sunday night football. I mean, he promises, it seems like, to have the Broncos ready to go. And if he does, that's the thing. If they just get the, their ignition started before a game, they can beat any opponent in the NFL, Kansas City or otherwise. They've had litmus tests throughout the season. After week three, the 3-0 start, week four against Baltimore, they failed that one. They they passed theirs against Dallas, and they failed it again against the Eagles, and they passed it again last week against the Chargers. This is going to be the game that tells us who the Broncos really are this year because, you know, even if they lose, Chad, you talk about they, they fall to 6-6, six and six and technically the record's still pretty good. The psychological aspect of yep. losing to them, going For into the their stadium— straight time. And really, you know, going back to 500, being a middling team, I think that that would be the loss that might send them to a tailspin that might end in like a eight and nine record. They really have to win this game to establish themselves, not just to the rest of the NFL, but to themselves in the locker room that they're true for real contenders and not pretenders. Yeah, because right now they want to believe that they are the team that, <clears throat> pardon me, beat the Cowboys and beat the Chargers. But there's in that subconscious, in the back of their mind, there's that. 11 straight losses to the Chiefs thing. They're the big brother. We're the little bro. They freaking own us in the back of their minds. All right. They, they might not even be having this front of brain. So whatever transpires and how Sunday resolves Sunday night is going to inform which one of those angels on their shoulder wins. Right. The one that believes we are the team that knocked off the chargers and the chiefs or turns out. Yeah, we uh, we're not ready. Mark from Georgia, what's going on, big dog? Good to see you in the chat. Thank you for the super. He says, what's up, my guys? And a hashtag for Hey Scott with the uh, the pheromones of their uh, meeting at Dunkin'. Was it Dunkin' Donuts, I think? Yeah. Uh, still in the air, I think, a little bit for both of them, right? They're seeing stars. We don't get a hashtag, though, Mark. Let me see how it is. Appreciate Andrew you. Lampy, what's going on, big dog? Good to see you. Appreciate you. Um, Andrew Lampy, you've been a real star as well as far as supporting us. We got a care package coming your way too. Uh, send us send us an email, and you might have done that at a certain point. But again, please send it uh, a second time or a third time, whatever it's been. All Andrew lives matter around here, Chad. We don't discriminate. This is true. Dave Glassman, another stud. What's going on, Dave? 
Hope you got your reading done. Yes, I'm, I traveled this week to uh, visit some family, but I'm getting my reading ready for Broncos Book Club Saturday. We're going to be talking Slow Getting Up, Chapters 1 and 2 by Nate Jackson. So looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, Shane, the aviator, he says, woohoo, I never win anything. Thank you, guys, and the great show. Yeah, dude, Shane is um, hes a ride-or-die member of our community. He was there for the meet-and-greet. Very cool and guy. Yeah. Not only, Zach, was he there for the meet-and-greet, like he kicked it with us yeah. all day, and yeah. then after the game, came back out, kicked, a, kicked, us, uh, kicked it with us till the stadium authority said, hey, yo, hit the bricks. Pretty much everyone did. Yeah, we got chased with the guy in the golf cart, Chad. That was good times. But pretty much everyone did. Whoever was with us for the first half, stuck around for the second half. Credit to you guys. Credit to Broncos country. But Shane, it was awesome meeting you and very well-deserved. We hope you like what you're getting. Cody, what's up, buddy? Appreciate you. He says, uh, it's the rookie's time to shine. PS2 and Pookie need to ball out. And you know what? We haven't mentioned it. Patrick Sertan named not AFC defensive rookie, AFC defensive player of the week, two interceptions, one of which being a pick six, oftentimes is going to do that for a guy. Zach, he's the first uh, rookie to do that in the league in the last 11 years, and he's the first Denver Bronco rookie ever to accomplish that feat. Wow, yeah. The first of many two picks, one of which was a uh, interception for a touchdown. First of many deep boy awards for PS2, Chad. The guy is going to be an all-pro, I think, as soon as 2022. And who knows? You know, if he can, if he finishes out the season like the, with the plays he made against the Chargers, there's a chance he can make all-pro this year. He's that good. He was day one superstar ready, and he's showing his potential. Great player. Kayaka jumping in, another legend. He says, the signing of the running back, White, to the practice squad has to be because of his return prowess. Deontay Spencer is vividly making himself expendable, more like replaceable. He is awful. Yeah, we uh, didn't foresee him making the roster this year, and yet he did, Zach. And so far he's been pedestrian. The first year he was here, 2019 Fangio's maiden season, he was solid. Was he great? No, but it was good enough to earn Pro Bowl alternate honor. So he doesn't quite get the Pro Bowl on his on his resume, but he was an alternate that didn't quite get to, to play in the game, so he doesn't get to be called a Pro Bowler. And then last year he did have one return for a touchdown, so that was good to see. This year, man, it's been uh, nothing. Well, A, Tomic man, and B, recency bias. It reminds me of when uh, Isaiah McKenzie was fumbling every punt return, and they put Jordan Taylor back there, and they were just so happy, Chad. He was fair catching everything. They were just so happy. He was literally hanging on to the ball. So that's why I think fans and Broncos coaches like Deontay Spencer because he looks so good compared to the other punt returners. You know, he's he has some speed to him, but he was never... Uh, you know, Dante Hall in his prime, Devin Hester in his prime. And I thought he should have been left off the roster. And you know who would have been nice right now to have in the receiving core as a deep threat? Trinity Benson, who they traded and uh, they kept Deontay for. So, yeah, I- I'm right there with you, Kayaka. I don't know what Vic Fangio, Tom McMahon sees in him. He is a jag as far as I'm concerned. Mark jumping in again to say, now, Zach, you're my OG. Hashtag, as always, go Broncos. Yeah. What about Chad? <laughs> no, it's all good. We know this. Appreciate Mark. you, Mark. Love you, man. Um, kickoff returns, as we mentioned, the return average for uh, White is 18.9, which is nothing to write home about, and yet it's better than what Deontay Spencer is providing. He's currently averaging a paltry 16.4 yards per kick return. And look, in direct comparison to what the Chiefs 
are bringing to the table, Zach. They're two players that have returned to kickoff this year. Both are over 25 yards per return. So that means if a chief takes it out of the end zone, they're getting 25 yards. That's it. So the Broncos, anytime they've had to return, man, they set themselves back because they might as well just take the touchback. Now, more often than not, they do accept the touchback. As you can see, it's only 14 returns that Spencer has taken out, but still not good. Chad, they found three separate players that are averaging more return yards than Deontay Spencer. So that's good coaching, I guess, good scouting, but it's also a shot against Deontay Spencer for really not being all that spectacular. You know, he'll have a decent return every now and then, but not enough to justify a roster spot considering he does nothing at receiver. If Kendall Hinton is outperforming you at wide receiver, you should not have a roster spot solely because you return a kick for 20 yards, less than that. Turns out Trinity Benson, as a Minnesota Viking, or uh, where did he? Lion. A lion, pardon me. Uh, eight catches, 72 yards, seven games for Detroit. No returns. So they're really uh, <laughs> maximizing their investment in Benson because they did give up a little something-something. And Broncos get to see him, right? He's coming to Denver, and is it next week? Mm-hmm. I think it's next week that the Lions yeah. come. Should be fun. Can't wait for that one. Cody Dub again. What is up? Thank you, bro. He says, Pookie, get more touches since Melvin is banged up. Not... I think you would need Melvin to literally be out of the game, not playing for him to eclipse. <laughs> and, you know, in Denver's defense, Zach, they have actually been pretty balanced, especially if you compare it to other teams. Like most teams, it's one back will have, you know, 17 carries. The other will have eight and another will have six or something like that. The Broncos, it's like 17 and 14, 18 and 16. It's pretty even, but Melvin always edges out the rook. Yeah, you need like Melvin to be retired for Javante <laughs> to get more touches. It seems like I, you know, we have to just hope that Pat Shermer takes the hint. You have Melvin banged up. He seems to have these DNPs though at least once every week, and he plays through them, Chad. So it could be a veteran maintenance day or something along those lines. He's going to play. It's looking like right now, and probably like you said get a little more touches than Javante, but we have to hope that both running backs maximize whatever opportunities they have, whether it's four carries or 20 carries. Pookie, he's the truth, man. 100 yards from scrimmage last week, plus a tutty. RB1. Uh, Andrew Baker says, RB1. thanks, y'all. This community is the best. Plus, God uh, God bless MHH and all the crew. Ghost, Scott, Chad, Zach, Nick, Carl, Luke, Eric, Lance. Covering all the bases like a true politician. We appreciate you. Uh, We got one here, Zach, from Joseph, who says, I remember when this podcast first started, some people were all mad at Chad for adjusting his glasses. Look how far we've come. Yes, indeed. Y'all get mad over everything. Once in a while, people would complain, Chad's always touching his glasses. You know what it was? And it still is. It's it's not a nervous tick. It's a thinking tick. When I'm like on a thread or something, I'm touching my, my eye or my glasses or I'm you know, whatever I do, like my hands are doing something that helps kind of grease the, the wheels, so to speak. Everyone, I think if you ask any podcaster, anyone who does this, Chad, everyone has their own little uh, machinations. You know, I'm always kind of adjusting my hat or my shirt, adjusting my mic as well. But we've gotten so many odd complaints, like uh, not having chapters in the YouTube videos, being on the on the wrong side of the screen, our cameras being too close and our faces being too close. It seems like everyone always needs something to be upset about. But I'll tell you, though. That Say complaint, lobby. the one about when we first started, that was that was a worthy complaint when we were doing this. <laughs> okay. 
that was a worthy complaint. Whoa. So, so Whoa. Pre- pre- we, we appreciate that. I don't have the camera for that, Chad. Let me be in 1080 <laughs> if you're going to do that. Uh, Albert says, who's our quarterback going to be? Is Teddy healed up? I don't think he's healed up. He had a pretty weird-looking uh, contraption on his injured shin, but he's uh, says he's fine. It was more of a laceration from what it sounds like. Um, yeah. Contusion. Contusion, you know, so <clears throat> pardon me. They put a big old Band-Aid on it, basically wrap it up pretty good. It's nothing that's <laughs> affecting him structurally, a little bit of pain, nothing a uh, little – Adrenaline plus, at worst, a Toradol shot right before the game ain't going to cure. Yeah, t- Teddy is literally a Band-Aid quarterback now. Make him All right. <laughs> just, <laughs> that just got that. Me, dude. That took a second. I was like, oh, wait. Uh, Andrew Baker, appreciate you, buddy. Um, okay, we're at 44 minutes, 45 almost here. I just want to see if there's anything burning. We might wrap it up a little bit early tonight unless you guys – uh, have a, any topics just completely burning? Just people out here giving us new complexes, Chad. You know, yeah. chewing gum, drinking water, pushing glasses up. Y'all got, uh, J- you know, have an eye for everything. Jay Roper says, Chad usually likes to push up his glasses with his left index finger like this, probably. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's odd about that is I'm I'm not a southpaw. I'm a righty. Weird stuff, right? Uh, Donald Netanyahu in the house. We beat Kansas City with Teddy or Drew. That isn't a concern. Teddy's playing, though, saying, so we're going to beat KC, whether it be Drew or Teddy. Um, Teddy is playing. Hey, man, love the love the optimism. Love the confidence. The Chiefs, to me, are a threat until you make them. You know, they're, they're the team that you expect to win until they don't right. because it's just been so long. But here's why you hope not only did the Broncos just come off a nice win against the Chargers, who, you know, only two – People in the roundtable at MHH picked the, the Broncos to win that game. But the last time the Broncos won against the Chiefs, Arrowhead, and it was that game where came down to the wire week two of the 2015 season, and they hand off the ball to Jamal Charles, gets punched oh. out by Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, scooped up by Bradley Roby, the, the corner, and ran in for a touchdown. Game over. And that was like a miraculous play. When you're a good team and you're competitive, miracles tend to kind of follow you a little bit you know it's not really a miracle when you're good when you're doing the things you need to do in order for success to happen might be perceived in hindsight at times as though that was just like one of those miraculous plays that who could have seen it coming but that's what good teams do miracles all in their wake I thought you were talking about for a second the Charles fumble while he played for the Broncos against the Chiefs, and that was a uh, yeah. Yep. That's why I had the same reaction as you. But you know what did Ric Flair used to say, and not woo. He used to say, "If you want to be the man, you have to beat the man." And that's to your point, Chad. If you want to top the Kansas City Chiefs, you got to go out there on the field and beat them. You got to take to them what you took to the Chargers. You own them up front. On offense, on defense, you physically dominated them for 60 minutes. If you do that against Kansas City, you have a good chance of taking them over, at least for that game, something to build on. So, yeah, if you want to talk the talk and talk about streaks and history, go start a new history, a new streak on Sunday, and beat the Goliath. Yes, indeed. Cody Dub says, anything new to watch for in college players? Hey, these, these are the wrong hosts to ask that question, my friend. Listen, it's like the complaint, Zach, that we don't put um, chapters after the fact in our live streams for people. We have, you know, I could just say something really, you know, flip and be like, hey, we got a life to lead. All right. 
and that's true in some sense, but Zach and I are very busy with content every single day. News, following the news, not only the streams, but writing the articles. You know, the lion's share probably, I don't know, 70% of the articles at MHH are written by who you see on the screen right now. And the biggest chunk of that remaining, Eric Trickle, Keith Cummings, um, Luke, Bob Morris, thrown in with a few of the other guys. So we have to keep our focus on that. And the reason we do it that way is so that the other guys have the time to study the college class. I used to be able to do that. Back in the day, I had the time to do that because that's what I love to do. It's fun. I mean, I'm no uh, draft expert, but back in the day, man, by this point in the year, I knew everything there was to know basically about the coming draft class or the, the guys that you expect to declare or the seniors and whatnot. I just don't have the time to do it anymore. So ask that question tomorrow morning to Nick and Scott. Ask it to the Dove Valley Deep Divers on yeah. Friday night. They'll have an answer, not just an answer, but they'll have insight for you, Big Dog. Hit them up on Twitter as well. I'm sure they love to interact with you and answer those questions. Kayaka brings up the gum thing. Yes, people once complained about the fact that I chew gum when I'm live, and there's a there's a good reason for that, but it comes back down to the tick thing. Helps me think. Helps me think. Uh, all right. Andrew Lampy says, for you, Travis, you're one of the best with some big stars. Appreciate that, bro. And by the way, he's saying – we need a T-shirt at the merch store that says "All Andrew Lives Matter." <laughs> we'll get on it. We'll Trust get me. under advisement. Uh, Mark says with another super. And as for Mr. Jensen, we are grateful. I just yeah, talked to Mark yeah. on the phone. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. We caught up, shot the breeze for ten or fifteen minutes. Um, so yeah, we're we're uh, we're caught up. Kayaka with a super. Thank you, bro. He says safe travels, chat, and much aloha, my guys. Broncos 27, he's he's tendering an official prediction with a score. Broncos 27, Zach, Chiefs 24, book that ish. Your reaction? I'd love to, Kayaka. Uh, we'll give our score prediction on tomorrow's podcast, but I could see it if the Broncos do spring the upset. It's not going to be anything insane like 45-42. It's going to be something like 27-24, uh, 21-18, you know, a kind of a lower scoring game. I don't know the over-under for this game, Chad, but uh, – uh, it could be landing on the under if the Broncos do topple Kansas City. See, this is what I'm talking about. I just jumped into the email to grab the Bronco quotes they sent us, and I see an email from Andrew Baker. I see an email from Shane Daniels with the Deets being on top of it. I love seeing that. Um, the question about is Kareem going to play? He's trending that way based on what we heard from uh, Coach Fangio today. He was listed as a limited participant in practice. And then what Vic actually said, Zach, about Kareem Jackson is on whether um, – give us, give us an injury update, Coach, on Kareem. Quote, he should be good to go. He's here, and he, or he's on the, the injury report, uh, but limited. He's going to practice today. So unless – what is he, 33 now? So unless the 33-year-old Kareem has a setback Wednesday, right. Thursday, or Friday during practice, I think you can assume he's going to play against the Chiefs. If he gets in a few more limiteds, I think he'll he'll start. But as far as I'm concerned, Caden Stearns is, is the starter now <laughs> opposite Simmons. I think the guy has just been incredible and way more of a playmaker than Kareem Jackson when given the opportunity. And that's what they need at that spot, Chad. Ath just like that inside linebacker. They need athleticism. They need speed. They need youth. They need energy. And Caden Stearns gives them that. So I want to see way more Stearns and less of Kareem Jackson, who is a, a liability in pass coverage. Savage Boy Kev is also asking about bowls in the thumbnail. Is he going to play? He's coming back tomorrow. So he's been on the CV list for what it's worth, right? He 
Last game he played was week eight. Then he got hurt, and then right as he was better and ready to come back, he tested positive. According to Vic, he didn't get sick, so he's one of those, what do they call it, asymptomatic or whatever. So that's good news that Bolsey didn't get sick, but he was positive and continued to test positive, so we know he had it. Um, but he'll be back in the building tomorrow. So, yeah, he's going to play. He's going to play. And then he says, I think that the defense is starting to click. Held two gunslingers to 13 points. I think that we can get it done against the Chiefs. Yeah, it really – if you look at those games in which they held a couple of gunslingers uh, to lower than normal production, it's because they got home with four rushers. Why is that important? You can play coverage. You can flood the coverage zones with more bodies, right? And it forces the the quarterback to have to take that extra beat or two to read the field. And as long as your four rushers are getting home, that's a winning recipe defensively. Offensively, especially in a, in a game like this one against the Chiefs, Broncos can are going to break. They'll, they'll bend a little. There will be those moments where the Chiefs are going to get there, Zach, which is why it can't be the type of game where it takes till the third quarter for right. like the Broncos offense to get juice. And like they have to be ready to go and producing points out of the gates. And, you know, to that point, you have to wonder about Bowles' football conditioning, you know, if and when he does start on Sunday, being out of the lineup, you know, uh, that's a tough position to be in coming back at Arrowhead on Sunday night against a Chiefs defense that's starting to get to the quarterback and being more active with Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram, like I said. So hopefully he'll be a, a boon there and a stable factor there. In terms of gunslingers, you know, as much as I love Dak and, and I do like Herbert, they're not on the Mahomes level. He's just a different tier of quarterback. They're also coming off a bye week. They're well-rested. They had two weeks now to prepare for Denver, rest up from some injuries. It's not going to be an easy matchup. They really have to play their A game. Like Chad said, they can't wait till the second half to get going. They can't give this a C effort, a B minus, B plus, even an A minus. They need an A plus effort to beat Kansas City on Sunday. Can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? We don't know. Time will tell. Uh, but guys, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. We're going to wrap it a little bit early uh, except for Troy's here. We got Eclipse Stormborn in the house, rocking his football priest hat like a true boss. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, happy hump day, priest and Broncos family. Peace and love from Philly, as is his want to say, Zach. Gotta love Troy. Thank you, Troy. Good to see you, as always. Have a great night. Legendary OG. But, Zach, if you will uh, sign us off, yes, I'll sir. pull up Facebook. Yes, sir. Guys, I appreciate you tuning in with us tonight, and uh, especially for – being patient with my camera problems, I'll try to have that fixed before tomorrow night's show. But in the meantime, guys, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Not Huddle Up Podcast, Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile Huddle for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, film breakdowns, and so much more. Your one-stop shop at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Also go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a comfy freaking dad hat get yourself a football priest hat coffee cup hoodie more stuff coming soon i promise you that your destination for all your mhh gear at huddleuppod.com also facebook.com slash mile high huddle hit that big blue button we have three vip shows at your fingertips as soon as you do Kelberman's corner broncos book club and trickle zone each and every week also facebook.com slash mile huddle pod like that page and follow that page and if you haven't guys go to apple podcasts right after the pod, and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. 
But if you can't do any of those things, we ask you to do these three things that take a few seconds, literally a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right. Appreciate you. Andrew Baker finishes on top today, and today, day one of the March to 250,000 stars in the month of December. When we reach it, we're raffling off another Broncos jersey to the winner's choice, right? Hey, what jersey you want? Let us know. All right, we'll get her coming. Andrew Baker on top. Appreciate that generosity, my friend. Andrew Lampy right behind him. Johnny Martin, Mike Reno, Jeff Hines, and then we've got Lando in the house. we got George Fox. we got Jeremy Kusich, Steve Lazuski, and Dave Glassman. So much love and respect to each and every one of you. Thank you, Kayaka, for reminding everybody, hit that like button. You guys have no idea how much that one small little thing, just liking the video, especially on YouTube and Facebook, helps us out. Not just us, but all the shows here at MHH. So much love, respect. Um, and yeah, guys, there, tomorrow is when we really, as a, as a channel, turn our attention to the game itself, the coming game. Broncos for breakfast on the bright, 7.30 a.m., Mountain Time, 9.30 Eastern. They'll start breaking down the game. We will do some head-to-heads tomorrow night um, on the Huddle Up podcast. So we can't wait till then. We'll see you then. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.